Live from San Diego, California, we go live to the newsroom with your host for Nick's Nerd. Is, is it that time of the week again? I, I guess it is, because it's time for Nick's Nerd News. I'm your host, Nick, because you know that's already painfully obvious. This being Nick's Nerd News and all. It'd be funny if my name was like Rob or Ricky or or like Jimbo or something. But no, no, it's just Nick. Because why else would I name it Nick's Nerd News? Right? Am I right? Is that funny? I don't know. I can't hear you laughing, so I wouldn't know. Anyway, if you think my jokes are lame, please follow me on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook at Nick's Nerd News. Or check us out at nicksnerdnews.com. That's where you can get links to all the social medias as well as links to all the show's digital recordings, like Spotify, iTunes, Google Play, the like. Did I miss one there? Probably not. Anyway, or you can listen right there in your browser if you want. That, that, that's how we roll here at Nick's Nerd News. We have no issues with how you want to check out the show. Uh, shout out to all you fans listening all over the world. I'm, I'm sure you're out there. If you're here in the U.S., if you're in Europe, the Middle East, South America, Asia, where, wherever you may be, thank you for listening. Thank you for supporting the show. But let's, uh, let's get into it, shall we? We're going to end with TV this week just because Game of Thrones happened and it ended. We're going to talk about that. Um, last week, you know, we, we wrapped up two episodes in one, went kind of long gonna cover some stuff that that had to be cut last week but let's uh let's get into the thick of it shall we rage 2 came out last week in in terms of video games i'm having quite a bit of fun with it i've probably put about almost a day of play into it from from what it looks like probably less than that in all honesty i was just looking at the the gameplay stats from within the game i i felt that was a little too high I only played this week, and I'm probably just a little over halfway done with the main story. There's a lot of side quests and other things you can do in the game that I just haven't gotten around to just yet. I, I plan on doing it. Uh, it's made by id Software and Avalanche Studios, published by Bethesda Softworks. And, and it's definitely got a mix, a strong mix of id and Avalanche. So Avalanche, known for their open-world games like Just Cause, id obviously famous for Doom, and uh, what I felt like was an, a, a criticism at first um, was that it played a lot like Doom in terms of how the weapons worked and the movement and, and things like this. But in reality, that, that's actually been a strong suit in this game. It's been allowed me to not have a hard time playing because of the, the amount of time I put in to Doom 2016, which is probably one of the best games in, in quite a while. But... Uh, while the weapons do have similar looks, which that is a bit of a downside, um, granted Doom has a whole other look to it entirely, uh, they, they do play the same, which is, which is really good in, in this instance, because if you put the game, the shooting mechanics of Just Cause into this game, this game would be a whole lot worse than it is. Um, granted those are third person, this is first person, but anyway, uh, again, the one thing I will say is it does play like Doom, and that is a good thing. The world is beautiful, gorgeous, has a lot going on, yet it's very empty at the same time. 
Uh, granted, I haven't explored all of it just yet. I, I'm guessing there's story beats to that. Like I said, I'm, I'm probably just over halfway. Got, got some cool vehicles. I got this like flying vehicle you can drive around in. Um, a lot of the other vehicles do have weapons built in, so there is some some vehicular combat available. Most of the vehicles have like a boost mode, so that helps. It's it's quite a big map actually. It's it's quite large, several thousand meters across from from what I can tell. And while I know initial criticisms just from from the community at large said it it of course had a lot of similarities to Far Cry New Dawn, same color palette at least. Uh, that's pretty much where where the similarities end. It's a very different game from from Far Cry. Granted, didn't get a whole lot of time in Far Cry. I'm hoping to get back to that uh, now that uh, a lot of the shows are over for the summer and not many games come out in in the summertime. But um, I I will say I'm having a lot of fun with it so far. Uh, I should be done within the next week or so. That way I can get to my backlog a bit before Crash Team Racing comes out. But as it stands right now, I'd definitely give it an 8 for Rage 2. Quite a bit more weapons to unlock, so a lot more shenanigans are, are to be had at least. And, of course, I, I do have the rest of the game to play out. It's an 8 right now. Uh, the story's not that engaging. It It's just your typical post-apocalyptic fare. You're the second generation of people that came out of, like, frozen life or something. I don't know. I didn't play the first one, so I, I, I they give you just a brief overview of the story. You know the the satellites that were in that came crashing down to Earth helped kind of like terraform the Earth and stuff, and you see pieces of like continents just jagged up, shooting shooting straight up into the air. It, it, it's a interesting dynamic again, but it, it's it's whatever. It, it's it's nothing nothing out of the ordinary. I say, and that, I don't want to make it seem like that's like a really bad thing, but it, it's it was safe, if you ask me. It's a little too safe in in that regard. But that that's uh, neither here nor there, right? I mean, judge judge it for yourself. But that that's how I how I feel about it as of now. Uh, Red Dead Online is officially out of beta, and they announced new modes and and updates and and things like this. Um, most of that includes so it's a big big update, and this is what what's coming: uh, new co-op missions in the A Land of Opportunity storyline, new free roam missions. From new NPC quest givers, uh, including Thomas the Skiff Captain in Bayou Noir and or Aberdeen Pig Farmers northwest of Blue Water Marsh. Dynamic events around the world. New posse versus mode, including competitive fishing, bird shooting contests, or herb picking contests. New playstyles, offensive and defensive. Poker is now available at the inns and saloons across the map. Uh, new showdown mode, Overrun. New weapon, the Lamont Revolver. New clothing items, updated and balanced hostility system, ability to press chargers when killed by a player in free roam. See, that's awesome. That uh, I'm sure a lot of people have been wanting that. Uh, new HDR settings include manual adjustments. I know there's been some HDR issues on that since launch. Uh, new variant FPS control scheme and updates to daily challenges and streak, daily challenge streaks and rewards. So that that all got added this week. So if you're still playing Red Dead Online or waiting to get into it while they they worked out all the kinks, uh probably now is your chance to do that. Uh the Division 2 got its first raid. I I know people have been putting their time into that. I I did see somewhere that I guess on console no one had beaten it within the first couple days and that's that's actually kind of funny that it was only PC players that were able to to beat it. I I think Ubisoft said they were looking at 
the difficulty and if they needed to patch anything. No word on, on if they actually are going to end up patching the difficulty or not. Uh, the Sega Genesis Mini, which is launching later this year, uh, did announce 10 more games. So now we know 30 of the 40. Um, just some highlights. I, I don't think I've talked about this yet, but Echo the Dolphin, Castlevania Bloodlines, Toe Jam and Earl, Altered Beast 2, I think. Or no, just regular Altered Beast. Sonic 1 and 2, Earthworm Jim, Gunstar Heroes, Contra, Vector Man, which is something I fondly remember from my childhood, Streets of Rage 2, and Fantasy, Fantasy Star 4. Or Fantasy Star Heroes, not online, obviously. Because, you know, online didn't exist in 1990, for, for gaming at least. <laughs> um, but yeah, that's going to launch later this year. It's uh, available for pre-order if you're into those classic systems. Uh, with E3, what, just a couple weeks away, I think, what's today? Today's the 19th, uh, 20th anniversary of Star Wars The Phantom Menace, by the way. Um, we are three weeks away from E3, yeah, three weeks. And Netflix announced that they are going to host an E3 panel about turning its content into games. So, so far, really, the only thing that they've turned into a game is Stranger Things. And I think that was like an ad adaptation of Season 3, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, but they, they plan on hosting a, a panel. I think Jeff Keighley is going to be hosting. So be on the lookout for that in, in three weeks when E3 starts. Ubisoft, still in the news as always. Somehow they're just the, the, the leak factory over there. But uh, a senior developer was tweeting out some things and said, Hey, we're working on a new Splinter Cell. Like, just got the world hyped. Turns out he was only joking. Or was he? Because not long after that, Ubisoft, in an earnings call, announced that they are planning four AAA uh, releases through March of 20 when their fiscal year ends. And uh, of those four games, Ghost Recon is included. Unfortunately, Skull and Bones has been delayed to after March of 2020, their, their open-world pirate-type uh, game. But uh, an another new rumor hinted that it, one of those games could be Watch Dogs 3, which, uh, according to this rumor, will take place in London, and this time you play a member of like the government trying to infiltrate uh, a hacker group as opposed to being a member of the hacker group like the first two games which is an interesting switch up like because the whole series has kind of been about like anti-establishment granted this is all rumors and hearsay there, there's there's nothing to prove that this is true it'll be interesting though to see if splinter cell turns out to be one of these four games or if it sits out this generation entirely and comes to next year's next playstation and next xbox but who knows, I'm, I'm sure we'll know more at E3 again in three weeks. Minecraft had its 10th anniversary this past week, and with that, um, Mo Yang announced Minecraft Earth, which is kind of like uh, Pokemon Go in the sense of where you can do Minecraft stuff like everywhere. It's an AR augmented reality game, and uh, it's free to play on mobile. And it uh, looks interesting. I, I don't know if it's officially out yet, but uh, yeah, you'll be able to... Minecraft everywhere you go now. That's what you're into. Looks promising. I mean, if Pokemon Go is still going strong, I'm sure they, they have enough uh, people to jump on board with this. I, I did see somewhere that it said Minecraft had passed Tetris, passed Tetris as the number one selling game of all time. I have yet to see that backed up, so I, I, I didn't want to say for certain. Don't, don't hold me to, to that on that one, um, but that might be a possibility. 
And uh, a couple other things before we kind of move into movies. Big shakeup over in Activision in the Call of Duty world. It looks like uh, Sledgehammer and Raven are out on next year's Call of Duty. And Treyarch is back. And they're going to be a doing Black Ops 5. And it will bring a campaign back. So Sledgehammer was next in the rotation. Uh, they switched to a three, three studio, three-year rotation a number of years ago. And uh, this time, however, Raven Software was added to be like a co-lead on it instead of just a support studio. And I guess there was some turmoil in terms of them arguing between these two studios on, on the direction of the game. Uh, it was supposed to be Cold War set, but it looks like Activision decided to pull the plug completely, at least for now, and put Treyarch back in and have them do Black Ops 5, despite the fact that they just did Black Ops 4, and th which will also be set during the Cold War. Uh, interesting thing to note, though, is they said the campaign will be back because uh, Treyarch had foregone a campaign in Black Ops 4 in favor of doing the Blackout mode, which was like their Battle Royale mode. Um, another thing to note, though, is Call of Duty has not been selling at the same level it used to. Um, that could be part of what, what's going on here with this decision. There's other rumors that they might be finally killing the Call of Duty franchise as a whole. I mean, it, it's been around uh, since 2003, so not quite 20 years yet, but uh, they went from their peak in, was that, 2010 or 11 with 30 million copies sold for Modern Warfare 3 to, I think they were selling about 15 million copies now, uh, just about, maybe a little less for Black Ops 4. It's not the juggernaut it used to be. Granted, it still sells a lot more than, than your average game. It's still usually, usually like top, two or three games sold every year unless you know a grand theft auto or red dead comes out and just blows everything else out of the water but that uh be interesting to see how that plays out in the next year or so and i know a bit of gaming news sony and microsoft announced a new partnership on cloud gaming that was announced by sony's president so th this was sony like hq in japan not not playstation but uh sony hq and I guess they it was a co-announcement with like Satya Nadella, the CEO of, of Microsoft. And this this is what this is what was said. Uh, the two tech giants is per IGN and pretty much every source uh, signed a memorandum of understanding and quote, this is from them directly. Joint development of future cloud solutions in Microsoft Azure Azure uh, to support their respective game content streaming services. Sony CEO Kenichiro, Kenichiro Yoshida said, For many years, Microsoft has been a key business partner for us, though of course the two companies have also been competing in some areas. I believe that our joint development of future cloud solutions will contribute greatly to the advancement of interactive content. Additionally, I hope that in the areas of, summary of semiconductors and, and, and AI, leveraging each company's cutting-edge technology in a mutual, complementary way will lead to the creation of new value for society. And then Satya Nadella said, Sony has always been a leader in both entertainment and technology, and the collaboration we announced today builds on this history of innovation. Our partnership brings the power of Azure and Azure AI to Sony to deliver new gaming and entertainment experiences for customers. So I wonder if Google Stadia or Stadia or however the fuck you want to say that thing had anything to do with this. 
Uh, there were also rumors that Nintendo might be jumping on board with this. Granted, Nintendo and Microsoft have already had a bit of a chummy re- relationship lately, considering their neighbors. But I, I don't think this will impact development on. Uh, I don't think this will impact development on the next PlayStation console. Uh, the one thing I just really ask for is hopefully this opens the door to crossplay. I mean, if they're going to be sharing like server stuff and and cloud computing and and things like this. Is it too much to ask for crossplay? Like, is it really too hard? I'm, I'm not asking for crossplay on first-party stuff. I'm not asking for Master Chief Collection to be on PlayStation or Uncharted to be on Xbox. I just mean, like, Apex, Call of Duty, Madden, all that shit. M- let me be able to play someone over there. I, I, I know naming conventions and, and things like that will be hard to rectify because I'm sure someone on Xbox has a similar gamer tag to someone on PlayStation if they don't own it themselves. Uh, granted, I, I have the same PlayStation Network name as my, my Xbox gamer tag. But anyway, I, I'm sure they can figure something out. It it, it can't be that hard. They, they've already started doing it in, in Fortnite. Um, uh, and according to Psyonix last year, they said it's as easy as flipping a switch. So that that's all I ask for in the next gen. If they're going to play nice here, let's let's see what happens. Granted, this comes from the top at Sony. So this is a, probably a demand and not a... Uh, not an ask, considering PlayStation is really the only thing keeping Sony alive right now. You'd think it'd be vice versa. But that's it for gaming. How about movies, huh? I saw John Wick this weekend. We'll we'll talk about that in just a few minutes here. So we're about, what, two weeks from Godzilla. Today's the 19th. It comes out in 10 days. Uh, early reactions came out on Twitter. We haven't gotten actual reviews just yet. Um, a lot of high praise. Said it, it builds on a lot of the good stuff from the first movie. I uh, didn't really see any negative reactions. A lot of compliments on the visual effects, though, saying it's some of the best they've ever seen in a movie. A lot of people saying, go see this on the biggest screen possible. I'm, I'm planning to see it in IMAX. I feel like you have to watch a movie like that in IMAX. We just watch giant robots brawl. Robots? This isn't Pacific Rim. Uh, just giant kaiju fight it and duke it out. I mean, the trailers and alone just show you that you're just in for like in for like a title fight, you know, like the title card. You're not you're not here for the little bitty fights at the beginning. You're here for the heavyweights, those champions, you know. And that's what this movie is. Can't fucking wait though. I cannot wait. Um, speaking of Godzilla, the director Michael Doherty also said that he is down to make like a prehistoric version of Godzilla and just seeing these these kaiju or titans as they call them in the monster verse interact with each other before humans and how humans kind of got like uh, uh, influenced by them thousands if not millions of years ago. The Russo brothers, hot off the heels of Avengers Endgame, said that they would only really come back for a Fantastic Four and Doctor Doom movie if it was written well. Because they, they said they're kind of done with Marvel now. They want to they wanna move a, away and, and do some other things. I don't blame them. Uh, they got that movie 21 Bridges coming out. Looks really cool with uh, Chadwick Boseman. So they, they, have, they have the potential to, to do some things here. It, it'll, it'll be, we'll see how, how it plays out. Michael Rooker, uh, known longtime collaborator of James Gunn, is heavily rumored to be playing King Shark in the Suicide Squad. But at the same time, Michael Rooker himself said that don't believe the hype. Don't buy into the rumors. Uh, King Shark would be would have to be an all CGI character, considering he is a half man, half shark. Granted, they 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 skirted the line a little with Killer Croc in the last one. Uh, King Shark would be a lot harder to pull off in in terms of practical effects. 
Uh, I know he was rumored for the 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 last one, but we'll see if if that comes into fruition at all. That movie hasn't even started filming yet. I'm sure James Gunn will come out and, and confirm everything soon. Probably at Comic Con. You know that that's a uh, two months away, just about. Akiva Schaefer, who is one third of the Lonely Island, is apparently on tap to direct a live action Rescue Rangers movie. You know, Chip and Dale, Rescue Rangers, when it when the stranger. Yeah, I can't, I'm not gonna sing. <laughs> anyway, uh, I love that watching that show as a kid. Um, but apparently, they will not be starting a detective agency in this live action movie, which will be a. a Live action CGI hybrid. I don't know if that's the 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 right choice for that. I this isn't a hundred percent confirmed, but that's really weird. I I would do traditional animation or completely CGI. I I don't know why they would do want to do like a live action. I would not want like photorealistic chipmunks in that kind of setting, and a photorealistic fly would be really really unsettling. And so would the mice. You know. Uh, uh, God, what are their names? I don't even remember, but I just remember Chip and Dale. Uh, they looked like Indiana Jones and Magnum P.I. That'd be funny to see, though. And Akiva Schaefer, I'm sure he's the right person. He's a funny guy. Lonely Island's great. I just, I don't know. I mean, he hasn't really done a whole lot of kid-friendly stuff, so we'll see. A uh, couple magazines out of the UK were reporting that Bond, the filming of the new Bond, had suffered a setback uh, that... Daniel Craig had injured himself on set. Daniel Craig is a strong proponent of doing his own stunts, and he might have twisted his ankle. However, uh, other newspaper reports came out and said that he'll only be out for like a week. It won't be, or a couple weeks, it won't be any major halt to production. Uh, No official news had ever come out of that, so I don't know. In some really good news, though, the live-action version of Akira being directed by Taika Waititi, is expected to start production this year. Uh, This summer, actually. Which is funny, because in the original anime, it was kind of set around the construction of the 2020 Tokyo Olympics, which are happening next year. Uh, That actually predicted that was happening. I wonder if, if Taika will actually film around the actual construction for the 2020 Olympics. That'd be super meta. So I I think it'd be really smart if he did that because it would play perfectly into the hands of, of the setting because it, it parts of the movie take place in like the under construction, uh, like main stadium. I wonder if they'll have it still set in 2019 though. That, that'll be the interesting thing. I don't know. I'm stoked. Uh, I finally watched Akira for the first time last year and I've, I've talked about this before and very great anime. If you have not watched it, I, I urge you to watch it like now. Like, 100% go watch it now. Uh, Mortal Kombat reboot is happening uh, with an expected release of 2021. They said they are going to start production in South Australia this year. Hopefully it's good. That's all I ask. That's all I ask. And kind of going back to the MCU here, Kevin Feige had an AMA on Reddit recently, or an Ask Me Anything if if you're unaware. And... Uh, he still he says that the MCU still has plans for the Mandarin, despite uh, his non-existence, really. Um, and uh, like the the actor portraying him in Iron Man three. Granted, when I say that, I mean they had Sir Ben Kingsley playing an actor pretending to be the Mandarin. That that was the story in the film. 
So I wonder how they'll they'll bring in the Mandarin and the Ten Rings moving forward without Iron Man because he's traditionally been an Iron Man villain, uh, unless they do something with Spider Man or I, I don't know who else is getting a movie. They haven't announced Phase Four yet, so I, how can you say that and then not explain it or back it up? God, Kevin. And uh, speaking of the MCU, Endgame is now the number two highest grossing domestic movie of all time uh, in the U.S. It passed Avatar. It's sitting at around $772 million right now. Uh, who knows, though, if it will be able to make it, if it will be able to make it to the number one grossing movie of all time. Uh, granted, it's still got some time, and uh, John Wick was able to knock it off its perch this weekend. So we'll we'll see how that all plays out. And... Uh, before we get to John Wick, some some big news out of out of DC Comics and Warner Brothers. Uh, Variety was reporting that Robert Pattinson had been cast or was in final negotiations to play Batman in the new movie The Batman from uh, from Matt Reeves. And granted, uh, then it came out and they said this isn't true. There, there's no one in fun, uh, final negotiations. We haven't announced anything yet. But other also swirling around, the main villains are going to be Catwoman, the Penguin, possibly the Riddler, uh, and quite possibly up to half a dozen total villains. Uh, so at least having a, a large portion of, of Batman's rogue gallery, uh, rogues gallery, excuse me. Um, I think they're still sticking to a story set in the '90s, so it could technically be a prequel to Batfleck and you know Dawn of Justice and things like this. So it. It isn't necessarily going to move away from the DCEU, just take place beforehand. When, when I heard this, so also I should point out that Nicholas Holt is apparently also in the running, uh, currently playing as the Beast in the X-Men franchise, uh, also as Tolkien in the movie about J.R.R. Tolkien. But my initial reaction, not happy. Granted, I, I've never really seen anything with Robert Pattinson. I just really know him from Twilight. I, I know he's done other movies. Um, but, you know, obviously, first thing that comes to mind is Twilight. So uh, a lot of people had a, uh, had a reaction like I did initially. Like, um, really? We really going to do this right now? But uh, there's one thing I, I have seen a lot from multiple people online. Uh, it's saying They were saying that definitely check out Good Time and High Life, two of his more recent movies. Um, a lot of people say he's he's pretty much done like a 180 from when he was in Twilight to now. He's become a very good actor. Again, I, I'm hesitant if, if this ends up being true. So at this point, it, it's all speculation. This isn't confirmed or anything at this point. But... I'm willing to give him a chance now at this point. I, I'm I'm tired of just, just being hateful right from the beginning on, on someone. And then, you know, that sours your opinion of the movie going forward. So I was willing to give Jared Leto a chance. That didn't work out too well for me. But I'm willing to give Robert Pattinson a chance. I do want to check out these movies. Um, if it turns out to be true, hopefully I'll be surprised. I mean, I personally don't like Heath Ledger as the Joker, but a lot of people poo-pooed that. And now everyone loves him. Everyone complained a lot when Michael Keaton was first cast as Batman. And now he's considered one of the best on-screen Batmans. So it, 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 it's just like, give people a chance. Don't, don't hate it before. Don't hate it before you try it. Don't knock it before you try it. You know, that, that whole old saying. But yeah. Anyway, let's talk about John Wick here before we get into TV. John Wick 3 Parabellum. Honestly, one of the best movies I've seen all year. 10 out of 10. Hands down. I'm not even going to like question that. Great action. 
like if you were to boil down an action movie to its its most primitive basic settings to like it it's its core fundamentals that's what john wick is uh, it's a great continuation of the story set place in john wick one and two uh literally taking place like within hours of the end of john wick two and this time pretty much the whole world's out to get him uh the action dialed up to 11 as as it was in the first two a little bit more nuanced this time not as much gunplay as before but but that's fine uh this this one focuses a little bit more on the hand-to-hand combat and and other uh non-firing weapons a lot more sword play a lot more knife scenes things like this uh the two guys from the movies the raid and the raid 2 are in it as well they they have a more prominent role towards the end this one has a lot more comedy and camaraderie in it than than the last two did and the one thing I did like is that uh, Sharon, who's played by Lance Reddick, had a lot more to do in this one rather than just being like the the concierge at the the hotel in in the first two movies. And there's a switcheroo at the end, a lot of callbacks to the other films, as well as uh, expanding on the lore of the world in John Wick. So the whole idea around the Continental, the hotel, uh, the the association that runs the all these assassins called the high table you get a little bit more backstory on john himself because before he was just kind of this enigmatic figure who just you didn't know a whole lot about but you were willing to root for him and this one delivers on all cylinders like i said 10 out of 10 no question loved it i was stoked on it great soundtrack uh, the framing of every scene is is well done the lighting and how they build the the setting around the situation is is perfect and i would definitely recommend it to you guys if you love action movies if you liked the first two definitely check out john wick 3 uh, totally in theaters now make sure you go to a uh, find a theater that has like newer uh, has a newer projector or or setup because you don't you don't want to watch you don't want to watch this in an older theater as the the colors might not be as vibrant and the action might not play out as as well um, just make sure you, you see a theater with 4K, 4K projectors. Just that that's that's all I recommend because otherwise the colors aren't going to pop, the scenes aren't going to play as nice. Uh, Halle Berry was in it. Uh, that that was really nice. Uh, Jerome Flynn is actually in it. The guy who played uh, who plays Braun, I should say, in Game of Thrones. And I I, I uh, like leaned over to my friend and I was like, oh God, if he dies in this movie. And if he ends up dying in tonight's Game of Thrones, I don't know if I can handle that in one day. But he, he played an interesting character in, in John Wick. But yeah, like I said, 10 out of 10, hands down. Let's uh, let's kind of transition into movies here. and uh, Or TV, sorry. We just talked about movies. And, and we'll talk about the Game of Thrones finale discussion at, at the end. But we got our first look at the... Picard show, which will officially be called Star Trek Picard, uh, will air on CBS, uh, whatever their their streaming service is, uh, in the U.S. and Canada, and then Amazon will have the rights internationally. So if you live outside of the U.S. and Canada, and you like Star Trek and you want to watch Star Trek Picard, you'll be able to watch it on Amazon uh, Prime Video. Uh, I'm sure a trailer will drop soon because it seems like the 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 image that was released is tied to somewhat of a like a teaser trailer so I'm, I'm hoping that gets released online soon uh the the biggest news though had to be around disney uh, essentially acquiring the rest of hulu 
despite not really acquiring the rest of Hulu. They already got Fox's one-third share in it, um, and they already had a third. So they're, they're at 66% right now. And Comcast, NBC, Universal has the other third. Apparently, Disney worked out a deal with them for $5.8 billion. They will get majority control uh, and will be able to purchase the 33% that Comcast owns in 2024. This is a really confusing thing because it says Disney gets control and they already pretty much had control, but uh, Comcast is going to be able to retain their 33% until 2024 and then can pull the rights to their programming as soon as next year and then even pull everything by 2021. This is all according to like Hollywood Reporter and and stuff. Very confusing. So again, I I don't know what was going on because the way it was written did not make any sense. I would just recommend that you go read it yourself if you want to know the the minutia of the details but it it the article said that Disney acquires Hulu yet they just have like 66% Comcast still has their 30 it makes no fucking sense I I don't know I don't know if you ask me though what I think is the biggest fucking news is Rick and Morty will be back in November bitches what beloved dub dub it's fucking right Rick and Morty will be back in November. Two years. Two years since the end of season three. That's, uh, can't fucking wait. I really can't. I mean, who, who, like, everyone's got down to get Swifty. Am I right? That, that's what we're all here for. That's what we're all waiting for. In sad news, though, Amazon has canceled The Tick, their take on the ever-popular giant blue superhero. But uh, I guess it's being shopped around to other networks, so if you're a fan of that, it only lasted two seasons. That show seems to be canceled, because even the live-action one with Patrick Warburton in the 90s only lasted one season, if that. So it looks like the cartoon version is the only one that really gets to live on for longer. Uh, the CW dropped a lot of news uh, that they are creating an animated Deathstroke show for their CW Seed online programming. Uh, first trailer for Batwoman dropped, which I- I'm I'm willing to give it a shot. I, I like Ruby Rose. I like Batman. And anything in the Batman mythos, I'm, I'm ready to jump on board with. The, the CW version of the Batcave looks very, very cool. Very bright, though, interestingly enough. Uh, looks like it's going to take place before the crossover, uh, the Elseworlds crossover last year uh, for the Arrowverse. And before Kate Kane, who Ruby Rose is playing, becomes Batwoman, uh, we'll have Lucius Fox's son, Luke, uh, be involved in the show. So it's like Discount Batman, as uh, as expected. Uh, granted, it is the CW, so not surprised. But I, I, I'm willing to give it a shot. I hopefully it does well. And um, speaking of that, it looks like the Crisis on Infinite Earths next year, which is the Crisis uh, or the crossover for the CW Arrowverse shows, will consist of five episodes, so five hours total. All, all of the Arrowverse shows, so Arrow, Batwoman, The Flash... Legends of Tomorrow and Supergirl, considering uh, Legends of Tomorrow sat, sat out the crossover last year. Um, three of the episodes will be in 2019, so December of 2019. Two will be in 20, so it's the first time it's going to straddle straddle the year. I'll be interesting to see how they wrap that up, and uh, I'm I'm excited. Can't fucking wait for that either. Um, but speaking of that, I, I think they did Ollie Oliver Queen real dirty in the season finale of Arrow. 
um, almost hinting like he won't be involved in its final season at all, even though it's going to be a shorter season with season eight in the fall, which I think is fucking stupid. You can't have Arrow without the fucking Green Arrow. I don't give a shit about his team. I mean, with the exception of of Diggle. Um, but really, like you, you, they they need to figure out how they're going to do this because essentially at the end of the season, um, and they've been doing this pretty much on all all of the CW shows or the Arrowverse shows. The monitor shows up in some capacity or hinting at at the at the crisis. Like Oliver gets taken by the monitor to go on his task to essentially set up the the thing that he said he would sacrifice himself for at the end of the Elseworlds crossover. Um, future Felicity goes with the monitor somewhere at the end because apparently she's not going to be in season eight at all. Which whatever I'm cool with. Uh, the Flash hints at so the Flash has always had this long story arc about a newspaper article from the future that Eobard Thawne or Reverse Flash brought with him about how the Flash vanishes in 2024 uh, in in a Red Skies event, you know, crisis in DC land. But at the end of the Flash this year, it shows the article change to say the Flash disappears in 2019. So maybe a major shakeup there. And then Supergirl ended with the Monitor fiddling around with Lex Luthor and uh, possibly bringing Ma'alafak, uh, Ma which is... Martian Manhunter's like arch enemy, which is also his twin brother. Um, he's like the, uh, he's essentially just, you know, the Martian Manhunter, but with a different color palette. And that's who they're thinking the the monitor brought in. I don't know. Nobody really knows. But that that's all setting up something for the fall. Which I I, Crisis on Infinite Earths was the first time a like comics publisher had done like a major shakeup like that. And it's considered like the gold standard for, for things like this. So uh, I read it last year for the first time. I loved it. Um, that that's something else I would recommend that, that you guys check out if you haven't before, but definitely, definitely check that out. And then HBO, uh, you know, with game of Thrones ending, they dropped trailers for some of their new stuff. Westworld season three looks to be a big change up. Uh, it's going to start Aaron Paul. We don't know if he's a host or not yet. And it looks to be taking place in the real world outside of, of the parks. So it'll be, be really weird to see how that plays out and what's going to happen. What's and, and, you know, with the hosts and the ones who escaped and, and everything like that. So I, uh, I can't wait to see what they do. That's coming out next year. Uh, also got a new trailer for his Dark Materials, which is an adaptation of like the Golden Compass books. I know there was a movie that came out a, a while back that was not well received. Uh, this one looks really cool. It's actually got the girl Daphne Keene from Logan. Um, Lin-Manuel Miranda's in it. Uh, uh, James McAvoy. Got a, a lot of good people in it. Uh, Ruth Wilson, who I I guess the one thing I know her from is the Lone Ranger. I, I mean, I, I know she's been in some other stuff, but uh, that that looks really cool as well. I'm excited. I like the Golden Compass movie. Never read the books, but I, I did like the movie, even though it was weird and all over the place. Um, and then, of course, we got a new trailer for Watchmen. Still don't know what the fuck is going on with that show. No clue. I don't know what is going on with that, but in interesting for sure. And then, obviously, they announced... I, I didn't know a new Curb Your Enthusiasm was coming. Insecure is next year. New High Maintenance next year. Silicon Valley got delayed to the fall, so a big year still coming, still coming from HBO, even though Game of Thrones is ending. So don't don't delete that subscription yet, okay? 
Don't delete it yet. And of course, the Deadwood movie's coming later this year. So uh, later in the summer, I should say. And speaking of Game of Thrones, we'll, we'll get to the breakdown of the finale in just a bit. Episode 5, which is last week, was the most watched episode ever at 18.4 million viewers. I'm, I'm sure the finale will beat that. We'll know. I'll talk about it next week when when that gets announced. Um, and then we had about a million people, probably more now, have signed a petition asking for a remake of Season 8. God damn it, people. Like, stop. Just stop. Put Put time and effort into things that really matter. Not Game of Thrones. Game of Thrones does not affect your life in any way, shape, or form. Sign a petition that deals with some actual cause that affects you or people you know. Don't don't waste your time and energy on on that because it's 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 gonna go nowhere. They're not gonna remake it. Stop thinking they are. It's so dumb. People are dumb, dumb, stupid. We'll we'll talk about the finale in a second. Uh, just some other things. Comic book sales have actually had their had their best year on record last year. Did about 1.095 billion in sales, which is insane. People who say print media is dead are just stupid and just uninformed. Um, and about just under 50% of that is from traditional comic book stores. While traditional comic book stores have been on the decline, they still represent almost 50% of comic book sales in general. So that's about almost half a billion dollars in in sales. So the comic book shop is not dead, people. Or in the, the wise words of, of comic book man... I don't know. I can't quote comic book man. I don't watch The Simpsons. Oh my God. This would be something like something like he would say, I'm sure. Thanks for listening, though. Uh, stick around if you want to hear about the Game of Thrones finale and what my take on it was. Uh, otherwise, again, check us out on Spotify, Google Play, and iTunes, or nixnerdnews.com. Also, follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at nixnerdnews. Uh, thank you guys for listening. As always, fuck the haters. You do you. Go be your own person. Thanks for listening. Catch you guys on the flip side. But let's talk about Game of Thrones and that finale, y'all. Obviously, spoilers ahead. You know, if you didn't watch or you don't want to wait, don't listen. You guys had the whole show. But spoilers start now for Game of Thrones. It was just okay. It was just okay. And that's that's a good thing, okay? It it didn't need to be flashy. It didn't need to be over the top. That's that's what the penultimate episodes have always been for Game of Thrones. The the episode before the end have always been the the spectacle and the over the top. And granted, just okay is better than bad or terrible. I mean, we we didn't want a. I personally didn't think it was a terrible ending. I know the internet's exploding right now. Um, it's Sunday night. I. I got to watch it a little early. When you have HBO Go, you can watch the East Coast feed. So um, I watched it at 6 p.m. Pacific, 9 p.m. Eastern, or a little after that. It wasn't exactly on the dot, obviously. But I, some things happened that I, I knew would happen. Like I knew Danny would not make it out of the season alive. Kind of surprised that it was John who killed her, though. Spoilers, obviously. The, the, the thing that was weird, though, and a lot of people are like, why did Drogon not attack John? Um, granted him melting the Iron Throne was pretty fucking cool, but I, maybe it's his Targaryen-ness. I, I don't know. Bran as king? Really? I don't, I don't get it. Whoever was betting those odds in Vegas won because somehow he was the number one all season. Why was Jon sent to the wall? That I don't understand because why do you need a Night's Watch 
when the White Walkers are gone and the Wildlings are pretty much on your side and wiped out. Granted, John was always happiest at the Wall, I guess. And Sansa getting Queen of the North and them breaking off was undeserved to me. Uh, Arya leaving and on a ship to go west was, again, an odd choice. Um, I did like Tyrion being made Hand of the King yet again. And, uh, but Bronn being on, 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 the, on the small council. Samwell's apparently a Grand Maester. The, the thing, I will say that the finale was underwhelming. That, that's for sure. Underwhelming. I, I don't understand some of the things they, they did. Why, why Bran turned down being King of the North or Lord of Winterfell, and then he gets all smug when he gets named the King. He's like, why do you think I came down here? I'm like, what the fuck? Dumb. It's like, why, why turn down being the Warden of the North? But then become, like, granted, I get that. But, like, he used the excuse, I'm the three-eyed raven. I, I don't get it. Don't get it at all. Uh, I did like Tyrion's speech. I like I did like Tyrion's arc. It made sense. His is the one of the few that made a whole lot of sense. Uh, Grey Worm did a really weird heel turn and kind of, like, lost his honor completely. Uh, I, I touched on that last week. Little more sense this week. But, but again, I knew that they would act like that if Danny had died. Like, there's no reason for them... To be loyal to anyone and granted that's part of probably why John got sent to the wall because if they didn't they would obviously be at war with the rest of the seven kingdoms honestly I think the rest of the seven kingdoms could probably take what was left of the unsullied and the Dothraki I, I didn't know how much of, of them were left uh, a lot of people who I didn't know were at that like final council to announce the new king I did like that they brought Edmir back again it was really odd that they picked Bran and no one had an issue with that. And then again, no one had an issue with Sansa and the North breaking away. Like, why didn't any of them out others break away and just not be Seven Kingdoms anymore? I, I don't um It's, again, it's, it's a little odd. I'm okay with it overall, though. It wasn't, I wasn't upset by anything. I didn't let the hype get to me, which, I, you know, a lot of people let the hype get to them. You know, it's like, it's like what DJ Khaled said. It's like, you played yourself. Congratulations. A lot of these people, I think, are overreacting to the ending and they they let the hype get to them so much that they they couldn't see past what they wanted no show is ever going to end on the terms that the fans want okay there there's there's only so much that can happen there was cool stuff though in that finale like drogon like waking up out of the snow as as john was going to go see danny who never actually got to sit on the Iron Throne, which is pretty funny. Uh, there's that shot with Danny overlooking her troops, and when Drogon outstretches her his wings, it looks like uh, they're coming off of Danny. That was really fucking cool. But other than that, I just it, it's whatever. I I'm I'm not mad. I'm not upset. I still lo- loved the show. I I still thought this past season was great. Anyone who doesn't is just just lying to themselves and making excuses. I I just. I, I get that it felt rushed. I, I get that the, the writing seemed lazy, but it, it's it's they only had so much to work with considering George has not finished The Winds of Winter or uh, A Song of Spring or whatever he ends up calling the seventh book or the sixth book, whatever it is. Um, so they just kind of had to work off his his outline. So uh, granted, they, they had to pretty much write the story themselves. And d- don't get me wrong, I, I get it. I get the the complaints. I get the criticisms. There, a lot of them are valid. A lot of them are not. And 
I was happy, which is perfectly fine. Okay, you don't have to agree with me on this. Not everyone has to agree. I thought it was fine. The ending turned out okay. Okay, it's nothing to be upset about. It's it's nothing to write a petition about. No one's gonna remake it. It, it just there were some things that were left missing. George can ultimately fill those gaps in in the books. It, it's just when it's eventually remade in like fifty years, then you can figure out what really happens. But it, it's just it is what it is. Okay, you, you you can't sit here and expect them to do everything you wanted because you're not the showrunner. You're not the one making the show. Like like get off your high horse, people. Granted, D and D as as the creators are called now, they made some missteps, but ultimately they still crafted what's considered one of the greatest shows of all time. So, are like, just just deal with it, all right? I don't know. I, I, I liked it. It wasn't bad. It wasn't great. It was just okay. And that, that's perfectly fine. It didn't need to be huge. The, the, one thing, the one thing I will say, though, is the one thing that upsets me, though, is the whole John thing and being sent back to the North. Like, he doesn't have to stay there. Gro- Grey Worm and the Dothraki left. But, again... John was always happiest at the wall, north of the wall, and he always wanted to be a ranger like his uncle Benjamin. And now he gets to do that. He had a bit of a redemption there with Ghost after doing Ghost dirty a couple episodes ago, and uh, he gets to hang out with Tormund up up beyond the wall. So maybe John got a ha- maybe John's the one who got the happiest ending of all in reality. So I I don't know. That was Game of Thrones. All right, guys. Catch you next week. Have a good one. Uh, Hopefully I'll talk about Aladdin. Maybe I'll have a final review of Rage. And we'll start predicting E3. Going to be really weird considering Sony's not going to be there. But uh, like I said, we're three weeks away from E3. Have some predictions. We'll start talking about that. And uh, hopefully I'll have an Aladdin recap for you. But have a good one. Catch you on the flip side.